Well, aloha everybody. This is Pastor Stefan, all the way over here in Southern California at Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Church Conference. And man, I am so stoked. I'm getting refreshed. God is speaking to me and it's gonna be a great week. I'm just encouraged that Amber's stepping up this week and she's gonna be bringing the word. So I just pray that you guys just give her your ears, your heart, and man, let's just love on her. Give her a big round of applause. God bless you guys. That's classic, my husband, yeah. Join California right now. Well, again, my name is Amber. I am the creative arts pastor here, and I'm so excited to be delivering the message to you guys this morning. But first, I want to say thank you to Shane and Shelby, wherever he stay. I don't see him anywhere. I already go. Oh, there he is. He's waving at the, in the back. Thank you so much. There he goes. Awesome. It was really um, a privilege to be able to worship when I'm usually the one leading worship up here on the weekend. So thank you guys so much, Shelby. Awesome. You guys are great. So. Hey, before we get into the message, I want to share a little bit about um, myself. And I know I realize I, I know most of you already, so, but at some point, I'm sure you're probably wondering, why does this local girl have one howly accent, yeah? Well, I'm, I'm going to explain to you why. Okay, my grandma is from the big island of Hawaii. My dad's from Oahu. My mom's from Puerto Rico. So as they say here, I'm one mixed plate, chop suey kind. So, and I've also done Ancestry.com. I did the whole DNA thing. Have any of you guys done that before? <laughs> she has, yeah. It's fascinating. I, I pretty much represent every continent in this world. So, um, I'm very mixed. I have roots here in the islands, but I actually come from a place that is home to not only the greatest city in the world, but the beloved Shamu. Shamu. Oh, yay, Shamu. I'm, it's also home to... The Chargers, okay? We've been to the Super Bowl once. Oh, my goodness. And we're also home to the best baseball team in the National League on the West Coast, the Padres. Right, Bob? Padres? <laughs> He's a big Dodger fan. And then I'm also uh, from a place that's home to my personal favorite cultural icon, Ron Burgundy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. So... There you go, mystery solved. That's why I look the way I look and I talk the way I do. As I'm from San Diego, but I have lots of roots everywhere in the world. Yeah, but um, going back to San Diego, when I was a senior in high school, um, I worked at this surf shop called Emerald City. It was really awesome. Um, there's this place called Mission Beach. Do any of you guys know of it? Yeah, Mission Beach, you guys know, of course. Yeah, and there's a roller coaster there. There's a bunch of amusements. It's kind of like Coney Island, New York. And so there's just a lot of people there just on vacation, it's constantly busy, and um, I remember, I, I, I want to say it was a 4th of July weekend that I was working, and I don't, I haven't really experienced that here in Maui where it's 4th of July or some big weekend and you can't find parking. Well, where I worked, if you're not there by 6 or 7 in the morning to find parking on a weekend like the 4th of July, then you're not going to find parking. And so they scheduled me at noon that day, and I'm like, what are you guys thinking? I'm not going to be able to find a spot. And so when I was driving to work, it was already crazy. Um, and I finally, finally found a spot that was really close to where I had to work. The only problem was there was a guy standing in my spot, right? He was saving a spot for his friend that was on the other side of the parking lot. And I'm a patient person. I don't like confrontation at all. But when I have to be somewhere like work or um, school, like I start to get agitated really quickly. So... This guy and I kind of went back and forth, and I said, okay, you're going to have to move, sir. <laughs> this is my parking spot. Okay, your friend's on the other side of the parking lot. And he's like, no, you move. I'm like, no, you move. And he's like, no, you move. And then 
he finally moved. So I'm like, yes, you know, awesome. So, um, but in my impatience, I was already going to be late to work. I, I turned into the parking uh, stall, and it was a tight fit. And I forgot in my impatience and me rushing that I had my friend's surfboard out the back window. So I didn't have racks at the time, so it was kind of like an angle. And so it was like my back window, the nose was sticking out. And as I turned into that parking spot, there was this big pickup truck that was parked kind of like how everyone parks here in Hawaii. They park backwards. And the nose of the surfboard got caught in this guy's headlight. And so it snapped off. I'm like, oh, my goodness. This can't be happening. I'm already late. You know, this guy just really made me mad, and now I broke my friend's surfboard. Yes, even I have a lot of surfboard stories where we, we broke, so don't let us borrow your surfboards. But um, I actually have another story recently where my patience was very tried. I told Justine this. Uh, a couple of days ago, I had to go to the county and do some stuff, and if any of you guys know anything about the county, they are not quick at anything, right? And so I planned for that. I, I said, okay, well, I'm just going to go at a time where there's not going to be a lot of people. Yeah, and then, and then but it's still probably going to take a long time, probably like at least an hour. So I can occupy myself on Facebook and do all sorts of things, text Justine, silly faces. <laughs> um, so I was fine up until a point. Up until a point that came when the lady actually called my husband's name instead of my name. And she said, Steph, Stephen? And she's like, Stefan? I'm like, oh, you mean Stefan Fusla? And I'm like, she's like, oh, let me go check. So the time that it took for her to go check and talk to all her friends, she came back and she grabbed the guy who actually came after me. I'm like, uh-uh, no, you didn't. You know, like, patience out the door for me. I was like, Lord, help me. <laughs> like, I like, seriously was praying. Like, I'm not going to, I wasn't going to make a big deal of it, but I was like, that is so, like, not cool. You know, I, I planned for that hour, but now, um, you know, I want to get what I have to get and get out of there. And I'm sure a lot of us have um, stories where we are impatient, right? Any of you guys been to the um, what's uh, Longs in, in town? It's not a convenience store at all. You go there, and it takes forever because the two people who are in line in front of you are still paying with personal checks. So don't go to Longs. I don't recommend it. Or Kmart. You think it's going to be quick because, um, you know, everyone's at Walmart. You know, you don't mind spending a little bit more at Kmart. You know, people are going to Target. It saves you some time. No, it doesn't. Because when you get in line, they ask you if you want to sign up for this credit card. You want to donate to this um, charity or this. I'm like, no. Like, I just want to get my stuff and leave, please. You know, and I know all of us have stuff like that. And for some people, it's on the highway. And that's for my husband. <laughs> he gets really impatient. He's, he still drives like a Californian. So, um, but that's like minuscule, right? But maybe it's on a, a bigger scale where... Your impatience is maybe that you're not in that place financially that you thought you would be by now, right? You're not, you haven't gotten that promotion. You haven't found the one yet, or you haven't heard from God on what the purpose he has created you for. You're still waiting to fully understand what that might be like, right? And so you're getting to that place that's where I was at the court, um, sorry, county, uh, a couple of days ago where you're like, I'm over it. I'm getting exhausted. I'm tired. Okay, an hour was good, but now it's getting to be a little bit too long right now. So maybe you're in that place right now. Maybe you're in that place. And so I want to ask you guys a, a question. Is what if God has something so big, so great? I mean, this is something that you couldn't even dream up yourself or imagine. If God has something so great for you, oh, thank you, um, that was just waiting for you, just on the other side of this 
this place of being uncomfortable and waiting, would it be worth it? That's my question. Would it be worth it for you? Just hold out a little bit longer. Would it be worth it? And that brings us to our big point, our, our um, big idea this morning. And you've heard it said plenty of times before, is that God is never early. He's never late. He's always on time. You've heard that plenty of times. He's never early, never late, but he's always on time. And so that's what we're going to be speaking about this morning, is that God is not, o- not only always on time, but the seed that he plants is always on schedule. So before we move forward, I want to invite God's presence to be here with us. So if you would bow your heads. Father God, thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for the time that we had to worship you, Father. And I just ask for your Holy Spirit just to, again, just fill this place, God, where it's tangible and we could feel you, Father. And Lord, you know what each person needs, God. I don't. And I pray that you just anoint my words and you flow through me, Father. And we pray against any distractions that there may be of things that we need to get done, things to do, Father God. But we can be focused completely on you this morning, God. I pray that our hearts would be tender, God, and our, our ears would be open. And we just invite your presence, God, just to be here, just invade our space right now. We love you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to be reading out of Mark 4 today. So if you want to turn there now, you can. If you don't have a Bible, like Shannon mentioned, we have Bibles outside that you guys can take for yourself. It's a gift. You can keep it. Or if you know someone who needs a Bible, please um, take one for them as well. We also have the Awakening Church app where you can listen to our messages. You can give online and also follow along there. So that's another way you can follow along in the Bible. Mark 4, right? We're going to be reading out of verse 26. And today's message is titled, The Seed is on Schedule. The Seed is on Schedule. And so if you've lived on Maui for some time, you know, it's very, um, there's a lot of agriculture, and you're used to um, words like farm to table or organic. And my husband and I, we try our best to eat organic. It's not always possible. You know, it's not always practical, but we do. We also have a garden here that we're, we're growing some sweet potato and uh, Thai basil and that sort of thing. But um, that's so, such a, an amazing thing about Maui. You just drop a seed in the ground and it grows. Such a blessing. So today's message is going to be organic. And it's going to be from God's farm to your table, okay? So picking up. Mark chapter 4, verse 26, if you guys would read along. Actually, I'm going to get some water real quick here. Just one second. Okay. All right, here we go. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man who scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he seeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because a harvest has come. A little backstory. So the disciples are asking Jesus, when is the kingdom of God going to come? When is it going to rain down with authority? When is it going to happen? They're excited, right? They're ready for it. But contrary to their expectations and their desires, Jesus says it's not going to come right away. Okay? It's going to be more like the seed. The parable of the farmer and the seed is going to take time and it's going to come in stages. 
And really, this parable is not only likened to the kingdom of God, but also our walk with God, our faith walk, right? Having to wait, wait for that seed that was planted in faith that soon it will produce and harvest. So this is what Jesus is saying. And we have to realize about the nature of faith. And if you have a pen, and if something kind of pokes out to you, guys, please write it down so that you can remember it and you can go back to it. So one thing we have to realize about the nature of faith is this. Everything that God will reveal in our life will be revealed and accomplished in stages. In stages. So it's not like this sudden shift where it fixes everything. And that's kind of a term that people are using right now is there's a shift. And it kind of gets me excited too because it means that God's about to do something and he's going to work. And so it gets me excited. But that's not often how our walks with God goes. It doesn't just fix everything. It takes time. Faith is really likened to that seed in the soil where there are stages. Warren Buffett says it so well. Very simple. And he says this to people who are wanting to get rich fast or build a business quick. He says, no matter how much talent or effort one possesses, some things just take time. Some things just take time. And you hear this from professionals at the top of their game. They say the same exact thing. Every day they worked on their craft. They worked on their skill to get better. It didn't just happen overnight, but they were ready for when the opportunity presented itself. They were there already. Amazing restaurants. Well, you know, when their food is so good, it's usually because they take their time with it. They take their time. Michael Jordan, a basketball player, right? He didn't default to being the best basketball player that ever lived because, because, right? If you know his story, he failed a lot. One of his first basketball teams he got cut from. But he knew that he had to work hard every day, right? He didn't just, I, I failed, I'm going to give up. No, it took time, and it came in stages. So some things do take time, and I keep on saying this. But I want you to turn to your neighbor right now, touch them on the shoulder, and say this, okay? All right, I know you wanted it yesterday. <laughs> Don't roll your eyes, okay? I know you wanted it yesterday. I know you wanted Jesus to be your Burger King and have it your way, okay? I know you want this to be a drive through but some things just take time. Yes, some things just take time. All right, how many of you know that destiny is not a drive through that you go to? You put in your order, and three minutes later, it's ready, right? Without pickles. Please, no pickles, no mustard. I don't like any of that stuff. No. It takes time, right? Some things just take what? Time. All right, we got that. I want to show you a photo real quick. You can put the next photo up. What are those? They're tools, yes. There are definitely tools. Do you guys see a problem with this photo? No. <laughs> It's not a trick question. Or maybe it is. Okay, so the problem with this photo is that the sickle is coming before the shovel, right? We live in a world where this is the model, where we want to harvest before we've plowed, right? Where we want to buy something before we can afford it, where we want to sleep with it before we put a ring on it, okay? This is the world that we live in, right? And Jesus is saying, if you want to be in this kingdom, you have to understand that things come in stages. And it's going to take time, right? For instance, if you want a healthy marriage, 
you want a healthy marriage, you can't expect to reap a harvest if you haven't sown seeds of love. Okay, Mark 4, Jesus is saying that, that faith is like this parable, right? It requires patience. It requires patience. And same like our faith, it has stages. If you look at this parable, there's a scattering stage. The farmer scatters a seed. Then there's the soil stage. And then there's the harvest or the sprouting stage. Scattering stage. Just go to verse 26 and read that one more time. It says, then Jesus said, God's kingdom is like the seed, thrown on a field by a man who then goes to bed, forgets about it, the seed sprouts and grows, and he has no idea how it happens, right? Isn't that interesting? He just, he, he scatters the seeds, he goes to bed, he wakes up, and there's a harvest. He doesn't even know how it happens. And it reminds me of um, when I was pregnant with both of my girls, I remember just every day I was hoping I was doing it right, making sure I was eating right, making sure I was drinking enough water, making sure I was getting enough rest. And no matter what I did, those girls, were, they were forming inside me. They, they were on, they're going to be on schedule. <laughs> and, um, and being who they are now, I know a lot of you know them, they're three and five, and they're the most perfect little girls that I could have ever dreamed of. Their noses are in the right space, you know, their ears, you know, it's like, God, I didn't do that. How, like, how did this happen? This is amazing. This is crazy. And I know some of us, we have experiences where we've, we've, we've seen the seed and then we've measured it against the harvest and it doesn't add up. God, I don't even know how you brought me through this. I have no idea. And that's okay, right? You don't have to fully understand understand something to walk in it, right? You don't have to know how the car works for you to get in the driver's seat and drive it. Don't, right? You don't have to understand all of the ways God is working your life for him to be working beneath the surface. And this is what a person of faith is like, right? You don't have to fully understand. You just have to trust God that he's got this. But the challenge that we often face is synchronizing our faith with God's schedule, right? We want it now. We say, not yet. Wouldn't it be great if we had a calendar and it had, okay, 2017 of July next year, this is when harvest season will be. It would be so much easier, wouldn't it be? Because that, that way we could occupy ourselves with stuff to do because we knew the harvest is coming. But that's not how God operates, Right? He wants us to trust him. So sometimes we're like, in this parable, we're like the farmer. We scatter seeds everywhere. We're releasing it to God, trusting that it's going to be a crop in due season. But what if there's a time where you're not that farmer? You're actually the seed. Right? The farmer scatters the seeds and, and, and he sees it sprouts. But the real test is whether or not that seed will survive the soil. That's the real test. See, a soil, the soil is a place where dreams die, right, where marriages fail, where good intentions give way to apathy. The soil, right? It's a strange place. It's a strange place because the seed often doesn't see the intentions of the one who planted it. And this takes faith. It takes a lot of faith. This takes faith to believe the purpose is still working when the process is invisible, And, of course, it takes faith to reap, to sow, right? But it takes even more faith 
to be like that seed in the soil of uncertainty and keep growing. That takes even more faith, I think. And that's exactly what you have to do. The farmer scattered the seed is what the verse says, right? I brought some seeds here. You want to help me scatter it? Right? The farmer scattered the seed in the soil. And then what, what happened to the seed? It stayed in the soil. It stayed in the soil. Just scatter it. Just stayed. There you go. Bless you, child. Just kidding. Just scattered. You can just throw it. It doesn't matter. It just stayed in the soil. It stayed, it stayed, and it remained. <laughs> Souvenir for you. So the stages of faith. Sowing, yes, it requires faith that that seed can actually become something, okay? Reaping requires the strength to act on what was initiated. But then there's this other stage where it's a stage where there's nothing you can do. You just have to stay. You just have to remain. You have to trust God. We're going to be uncomfortable because that's a, that's a place in which you're taking shape. You're taking form. And it doesn't always feel good. But you have to stay with it. Okay? You have to stay in soil. It requires patience, which I would say majority of us don't have with certain things at all. And it takes time. The scripture says a seed is still on schedule, which brings us back to our big idea. God is never early. He's never late, but he's always on time. Yes, he's always on time. And I would bet to say that we've all been in this soil stage at some point, or we're going to go through it, or we're currently in it, right? But I have to say, it's not easy being on someone else's schedule, their timeline. It's not easy at all, being dependent on something else. And it's not easy being in a place of discomfort and not knowing having uncertainty, but if we find any encouragement in being in the soil stage, I want you guys to know that the seed is protected. There's some seeds on the table, and they're kind of hard, right? See, God knew that these seeds would have to survive a time of vulnerability, so he created these seeds. He's wrapped these seeds in a protective covering, right? So that until it produces what it's meant to produce, nothing can get inside of it. You think of Moses, right? The deliverer of God's people, the Israelites who were in captivity. So here we are. Moses is a baby, and all the babies are being killed off. God knew the purpose he had for Moses, and he kept him protected. Even his mom did. What did she do? She put him in a basket to keep him protected until he would be found down that river. And God used him. And there was a harvest, Right? See, God's got us protected, covered. He's got us wrapped up. So God's not only got a purpose inside of us, he put protection all around us. And when we're the farmer, we're not the seed, but going back, when we're the farmer and we release that seed, you know, um, it's good to know that God's eyes never leave that seed. Okay, there's only certain things that you can do for your spouses, for your kids. You can continue to love on them continue to speak truth to them, but at some point you just have to release it to God. And there is comfort in that, knowing that God's got it. And you just have to believe and continue to pray that, that um, they'll too reap a harvest in their own lives. Right? He's got them wrapped. Right? And so in Isaiah 55, 11, it says this as an encouragement to you guys. 
It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. So if there's people in your lives where you have planted seeds and loved on, don't lose heart. You know, I prayed for my mom for years, and now she's, like, serving at her church. She's there every morning at 6 a.m., serving. She's greeting. So don't lose heart. God's got it. When you scatter the seed, just release it back to him. And maybe this morning, I mean, some of, maybe some of you are a little discouraged because you've been that seed in the soil, and you put the sickle before the plow. You got a little impatient, like, you know, I'm just going to do it my way and in my timing. You know, and I'm sure all of us have done that maybe at some point in our lives. Maybe you try to make things happen your way. But I want to tell you guys, sometimes the biggest problem is our involvement, right? We try to do job, God's job, and we get in the way. We try to do his job. And it's causing the biggest delay. And we just need to leave the seed alone and let it do what it's supposed to do. Right? And here's the thing, and I love this so much about God and, and just being such a compassionate father. See, if you're that person where you feel like, you know, you're that soil and you put the sickle before the shovel, right, and you were just tired of waiting, or maybe you're even a person that didn't even realize an opportunity when it came and you didn't seize it. This is the great thing about God is that grace covers all of that, right? He fills in the gap. That's some good news to me. So the time you lost, all that. Grace covers over it. So I want you to turn to your neighbor right now. Look at them in the eye <laughs> and say, you're still on schedule. You're still <laughs> Spouses. You're still on schedule. You remember the story about Jairus and his daughter who was sick? So Jesus is doing his thing. He's healing people, right? And so Jairus comes. He actually gets a hold of Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, my daughter is dying. Can you please come to my house and heal her? He's like, sure. And so on his way, what happens is that this lady who had been bleeding for 12 years, she pushed her way through the crowd knowing that if she just touches the hem of his garment that she'd be healed. That's how much faith that she had. And that's amazing. But then there's Jairus over there who's like, my daughter? I'm like, hello. Like, this lady just cut in line. It's like kind of how I was at the county a couple of days ago. I'm like, uh-uh. Like, no. So God heals this lady, and then he goes to Jairus' house, and the time between God healing this lady and going to his house, Jairus' daughter dies. I'm like, Jesus, she's dead. He's like, she's not dead. She's only sleeping. He's like, yo, girl, get up. Make yourself a sandwich. So she gets up, and he says, hey, she's still alive. And it goes back to our big idea that God is never early. He's never late. He is always on time. And you're on schedule, right? So this is just maybe a reminder for some of you. Um, I feel like I'm always, like, in that stage. Like, I'm always um, kind of seeing where God leads and where he's developing me and, 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 and stuff like that. I want to close with um, one last story, though, is I have this friend. She's from Europe. I work at the college, and I work at the Maui Language Institute, where we give classes to people who want to learn English. And I actually really like this job a lot because I get to meet people from all places. I mean, Switzerland, Italy, and I get to make friends with them. And so I went to one of these, this lady, she's from Switzerland, to her house. It was our birthday party last week. And she is a lot like 
what many people here on Maui are like. They're very into, if any favor comes into their life, let's thank the universe, right? They're very new agey, and they, they say stuff like that. And so at this party, there were a lot of those kind of people. And, um, but, you know, Stephen and I have, just so you know, I call him Stephen sometimes, but he goes by Stephen. Um, <laughs> I'm still getting used to it. Um, so we invite her over. We're just trying to love on her. She sees me every day. I try to be a light because I know that my job there is not just to take students' money and, you know, do the admin stuff. I'm there to be a light, and I know that that's also a mission field. And so anyways, I go to this uh, birthday party, but before that, um, she was diagnosed with cancer maybe several years ago, and then someone had told her, um, if you go to Maui, you'll be healed. And... So this was several years ago. And so she came to Maui, and she was healed. Okay, but she doesn't attribute, attribute anything to God and that sort of thing. And so fast forward, she's here now. She's studying here for like a year. And I'm at this party, and there was this one point of the party where we're all going around in a circle and, and telling this lady, this is what I wish for you for, you know, like good words. And some people were saying, I wish you prosperity. I wish you happiness. And for me, I'm like, this is so empty. It's so empty without God. Those words are meaningless. And it, got, and it came to this one guy, and um, I don't think he's a Christ follower, but I don't like using this term, but I did kind of get chills, and um, I felt God's presence. Because what he had said to her, he said, the breath that brought you here is a breath that's going to stay with you. I'm like, hello, does anyone know what's going on? The breath, the breath, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach in Hebrew, the breath. And I'm getting excited because I'm seeing this person, and I'm, I'm seeing seeds planted and right before my eyes. And I'm going to continue to pray for her and love on her, but God is doing a work in our heart. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, the friend that told you to come to Maui to get healed maybe wasn't a Christ follower, but maybe the real miracle wasn't that she got healed. The real miracle is she's going to find God. And it's the breath of God that brought her here. Isn't that exciting? Like, I'm just so, like, that just blows my mind. I'm like, wow, wow. Just trust God. Don't be impatient. Now, my friend, I know she, she will probably be a while before she actually encounters God. But he's doing a work. And just trust him. Right? You don't have to fully understand it to walk in it. So let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to give your word, Father, and it seems so simple to do is just trust you. And, but, God, it can be so hard when things aren't happening according to our timeline and our schedule. God, I just I pray for those who are in that point in their lives where they're just at, they've had it with something. I pray for them right now. If that's you, would you mind raising your hand so I can pray for you? God bless you. Father God, I pray for these people who have their hands raised. Father God, that you just be with them, that you would continue to pour encouragement into them. And I really feel that we're kind of constantly in that soil stage because you're continuing to make us perfect, God. You started a work, and you're going to complete it, Father. And we have never have arrived ever, Father God. So if we're not in that place now, if you will be in the future, God, help us to remember not to focus on our circumstances, God, but just trust in you that you've got a plan. 
Lord, and we pray as we go out this week, Lord, that we would be a light to people, Father, and that we would um, just love on people who don't know you, God, and be the church, God. Wherever we are, we are actually ministering, Father God. Help us to be in step with you, not just on Sundays, God, but every day of the week. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. Please join us again next week. Aloha.